Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome, everyone. I'm here today with Kathy Kristen. Kathy is the Gulf Coast Division Manager for Cutco and Vector Marketing. Uh, she is a member of the company's Hall of Fame with over $50 million in uh, career sales produced. And she is a, a nine-time national champion in the uh, Cutco Vector uh, company. She's also the founder and CEO of multiple other businesses. She runs kathychristen.com. Uh, she runs Start Girl. Elevated Health and Nutrition, and Elevated You. She is the author of a fantastic book called Life as a Masterpiece. And Kathy is dedicated to helping others live a life that they love. Kathy, thank you so much for making some time to be with me here today. Oh, yeah. So excited to be here and get back. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's take it back to when you first got started with Cutco. Tell us, uh, you know, yeah. what year, what year was it? And, uh, you know, how did you get started in the Cutco Vector business? Absolutely. So uh, it's kind of funny. I heard about the job. I found a business card at the, in the parking lot of the Florida school. So it was this dirty little business card that said uh, student work. And I was like, I'm a student. I need work. And I pick up this little card and ran up to the computer lab, you know, because back then we didn't have like everything on our phones and, and went on to apply and went and I had no idea what was happening. I was like, oh, this sounds kind of cool, I guess. I don't really know. And when I walked in, uh, place was definitely a bit sketchy. Uh, and, but then I saw one of my good friends from college. We were in the honors college together. Her boyfriend was working there. And then another friend from our honors college was working there too. So he turned and he was like, hey, you know, and uh, started learning a little bit more about it, but totally ran into it by accident. It was probably the, the best, you know, accident <laughs> that ever happened to me. Uh, but that's when I started, I was just looking to make some cash, some extra cash that summer. I was working two other jobs at a restaurant and at Macy's. And I wanted to save up to be able to study abroad that fall. So I was just looking for something flexible where I could earn some good income. And it said that on the little flyer. So I figured I'd check it out. Yeah. And this was... Uh... 2002, May of 2002. 2002, so 17 years yes, in the Cutco sir. Vector business. Wow. Now, what were, some, what, summer right now. <laughs> yeah, what, what were some of the initial challenges that you experienced? In, in, in well, I mean, this was such a whole new world, right? Like, I'd never done anything like this before. I mean, I guess, you know, I was working at Macy's, but I just rung stuff up at a register when people walked up, you know, folded clothes afterwards. So never had I been in charge of making my own schedule, 
you know, contacting people. I hated talking on the phone. And so this was all very new. And at first I felt so awkward. Uh, my manager used to laugh at me when I was making phone calls and then worked with me a ton to help. But at first just, you know, being, having to, I was like, oh, I, I have to make a schedule, you know, like I love the flexibility. Uh, but the first challenge was, okay, I actually have to sit and make a schedule, you know, like this is fantastic that I get to work whenever I want, but I need to actually like make sure I create work. Right. Uh, but as I, you know, my manager sat down with me and that was one of the coolest things I loved about it, you know, because it is a very different type of job, but the support system that we have in this company is unreal, you know, and I just, I had so much support from the assistant managers and my district manager. And they sat with me, worked with me, you know, and really showed me how to create a schedule uh, that fit my needs, put everything in there that I needed based on my goals. And um, they had sat me down and said, okay, how much do you want to earn this summer? Here's what it'll take. Broke down everything, like the number of appointments per week, the number of the days I would work, the number of calls I would need to make, and it was all set up. And so now I had this plan and I could just go out and execute. So that was awesome. So the challenges that I really saw in the beginning were immediately, those were gone uh, just because they helped me set it all up. And so now I could just go execute. So it was great having people there that were really helpful to guide you past those, uh, those early oh, yeah. experiences. Who are some of your initial influences in the business? So John Hoffenberg was my initial uh, manager who worked directly with Scott Dennis. I believe uh, he was on the show before, uh, but he was the pilot manager. So he was my uh, district manager. Uh, and then I had one of my best friends to this day, uh, Kelly Norman, who was Kelly Gainer back then. She was an assistant manager. We both ran branches at the same time. We helped run the pilot organization, which is the head office in the division together and, and just really became incredible friends. Uh, she somebody to this day I talk to weekly. She's a prayer partner of mine uh, and other friends who keep in touch uh, since, uh, yeah, 17 summers ago. Oh, outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. What were some of the early lessons you feel like you learned from your rep and management experience? Oh, wow. There are so many. Uh, I, I sat down. So in my, in my businesses that I have now, this is something that I, I teach to people. I taught it for so many years. I learned it, taught it, and then just started going out there because I saw so many of the kids' parents that I worked with were like, man, I never learned this stuff. And, and I remember from the beginning, just the first thing was just time management, right? Really getting organized. I remember, so I started in 2002, 2008. I was working with a school in Miami, uh, uh, FIU. And their career services, uh, we were, became really close. I worked a lot with the school and with the students there. And one day we're talking in her office and she was like, can I ask you something personal? I said, sure. She goes, how do you get it all done? She's like, how do you, I mean, she goes, I see you travel. She's like, I see you, you know, work and, and do these amazing things with these kids. I see you on campus. I see you with, you know, doing other things outside the business and with your church. And she's like, I have a hard time just doing work and handling my household. <laughs> she's like, how do you do it? And she actually came, she goes, can I just shadow you for a day? She came came to my office and shadowed me for a day and just asked questions. And she goes, wow. And I shared with her, I said, I learned this in Cutco actually. And I, I learned how to, how to plan for a year. I would actually take a weekend to map out a year and just goals for the next year, have a dream session, you know, pick things out. Uh, for a quarter or a campaign, I usually take at least a full day, if not, you know, a day and a half, but I take a full day, like morning till night and just make sure everything looks good for that quarter or every month. I usually take a half a day. Uh, and I, I would say for me, a half a day is like five to seven hours, you know, but I'd sit down and just like make sure that the month looks good. Sometimes I can get it done in less time, but just really making sure to put any details or odds and ends or things that moved around uh, every week. I take an hour, uh, an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and I look at the week and I look back at the week prior and say, okay, 
uh, you know, what, what went well, what needs to be better, you know, where, what things we need to catch up on that didn't get done, what are main focuses that have to get done this week, no matter what. And so I take an hour to an hour and a half to look at that. And then every day, taking five minutes, just look at the day, review the day real quick so that like my mind knows where it needs to go and what it needs to do. And that was something, that was one of the first things I learned, which to this day I teach and preach to other people. It was a game changer for me in terms of being able to have incredible relationships, uh, dating relationships, family relationships. You know, I had date night, I had lunch with the girls on Friday, I saw my family every Saturday night, went to church on Sundays, and still have a thriving business. I was involved with my church. And just was able to do a lot while earning. That first summer, I earned $22,000 in two and a half months as a 19-year-old and had so much fun. Saw my friends, partied, was involved with church, uh, and was able to get it all done. And that, that was really the first thing that I was taught. Because before that, I was like a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> I, played, I played college volleyball and was in the honors college and was so stressed. And after that summer, was able to take on so much more and, and really be less stressed. That was amazing uh, what you said about the reflection and planning element that you learned and and, and being able to manage your time. Jim Rohn says, uh, don't start the day until you finished it. Mm. And he talks about that idea of just thinking through each day before you you know, enter into all of your endeavors, thinking through each week before you enter into all your endeavors. And it's neat that you've been able to do that. And that's been something that's been successful for you. Tell us about uh, some There's of the... More, but that's one of the most, I'd say one of the, one of the most impactful uh, things in my life was that, you know, but shoot, the rapport building, the networking, you know, uh, the self-confidence that came with working so many different types of personalities, presentation skills, the closing skills, really being able to transfer that enthusiasm uh, towards other people and closing that sale because we're always selling, right? We're selling an idea we have, a service we provide, we're selling ourselves or we're selling a product and really understanding that because I think before working with Vector, I had this, this old school thinking of salespeople are all these horrible, sleazy salespeople, like a car salesman. And that's what I grew up thinking. And it wasn't until I worked with Vector that I really understood like, we, that's our whole life. We're always selling uh, and, and we're passing. And, and what it is, a, is a transfer of enthusiasm uh, from one person to another that excites them to want to do something or try something or go somewhere. Definitely. So that, that's always something I've admired about you is that enthusiasm that you bring and just the, the sort of magnetic leadership that you, uh, that you exude uh, through that enthusiasm. I'm sure it's one of the biggest strengths that has helped you get to where you are. Uh, I'd like to hear about some of the uh, most important experiences from your, your life and your business, just times that were transformational experiences that uh, have had a profound effect on you. Yeah. What are some times you could share? I would say, so my first one was actually the summer before I started selling Cutco. Uh, I was in a car accident uh, and, and this was something that really caught my attention that I'd been wasting a lot of time. And I was like, oh, I'll get to that later. And I you know, just partied a lot, had a lot of fun, but I knew that I was supposed to be doing more with my time and I had just been goofing around. And this this accident was just, you know, I should have died in it. And it was this call where I felt like my creator was just like, get your stuff together and stop wasting your days. And that really shifted me to be more purposeful. And I think as I went into that next year, I wanted to just do more, uh, experience more, go see the world. That was why I wanted to go study abroad. And then as I was working in the business, I, I just, I remember that at that time when that happened, I knew that I wanted to make a bigger impact. I remember talking to uh, one of my career center, the individuals that helped in our career center, uh, who was directly working with me. And he had, I had, I was speaking to him and I said, you know, I don't, 
I'm not really sure what to do with my major. I was an accounting major my first two years, but I said, I don't really just want to sit behind a desk and crunch numbers all day. I know that I want to impact people. I want to influence. I want to give back. So, but I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. And I, I remember him and I speaking and he goes, okay, well, if you had to you know, design your name on a business card and you had to put this title, what would the title, what would you want it to be? I said, well, the first one that comes to mind is International Food Taster, uh, which <laughs> has definitely allowed. <laughs> and I said, uh, number two would be Maximum Potential Finder. And he said, oh, that's interesting. I said, I just, I hate seeing wasted potential. And I would love to help more people see what's actually possible within them and really make help that come out. And it was really amazing how I felt like life is just, you know, kind of lined up because working with Vector that next year, I was able to do uh, the, they have a branch program, right? That we have, and it is an entrepreneurship internship. So I had got a chance to run my own business and work with these, you know, young people, some my same age, cause I was 20, uh, some younger, some older, but just pouring belief and uh, just the confidence that seeing people's confidence rise coming in and people that were very scared to just even speak up and watching them go from these like quiet, you know, reserved people to speaking in front of groups and teaching. And, and it was unreal. Like the letters I received and just the people I saw with my eyes, just how they transformed literally in months, they'd be a different person. And it, I just, I started seeing that and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like, I want to do more of this. This is amazing, you know, to just create an environment where these people can come and have a chance to really blossom into what they were meant to be. Because I've really found for me, like there's so many people out there, they just don't have the environment to grow. Right. And I know, uh, thank you for reading my book, by the way. Uh, but I know in, in the book, I share, and anyone who's heard me speak, I, I talk about this uh, seed of possibilities. And I really feel that everyone is the seed and there's so much unlocked potential, like so much that could be, but many times people aren't in the right environment to do that. And I believe that for me, Vector really helped create that. And it fostered this different mentality where anything was possible. I remember friends of mine and even an ex-boyfriend in college, my junior year, senior year, literally my ex-boyfriend said, you just think that you can do anything. I said, because I can. <laughs> created this like unstoppable, like I'm superwoman, I can do anything. And I really was like, if I put my mind to it and make a plan, I'm going to get there. You know, yes, some things might be harder. If I want to become a neurosurgeon, I can do it. It's going to take a lot of studying. It's not my strong suit, but like I can do it. I can do anything I put my mind to. And that was something that I really feel was strengthened in Vector and through experiences. And then I had some not fun experiences that really made the, me... The branch experience, Kathy, I just wanted to say like that was a transformational <laughs> time in my life running a branch office. And just what you said about what you gave to other people and, and being able to see people transform and lives like literally change right in front of your eyes. It was incredible, you know, and any of you that are listening to this that are, you know, vector reps, like the opportunity to run a branch office, we call it the summer startup out here in Silicon Valley and the opportunity to have a summer startup, open your business and run a business for a few months training and developing your own team. Uh, it, it's Amazing. an incredible experience that everybody should take on for sure. Absolutely. It is the most incredible experience I ever had. And I tell everyone about it. I tell parents, I'm like, you should come do our, our startup, our entrepreneurship internship, and even uh, you know, young professionals, moms, and even older professionals that I work with and coach in other industries who are like, man, I really, how do you know all this stuff? Stuff. You know, where did you learn this? I'm like, Vector Marketing. I said, selling Cutco, working with Vector, doing the entrepreneurship internship. I learned so much about what goes into uh, starting a business, but not just that, the resilience that I 
gained to push through everything, no matter what came my way, you know? And when my, my cousin passed away unexpectedly four years in, uh, thir- my third year running my office, uh, he passed away right in the beginning of 2006. And that shook my core, you know? And I remember that year because he had helped me build towards the year and I wanted to go out and have a record-breaking year. And part of me at first just kind of froze and then I remember one of my friends saying, like, he worked so hard and he was so excited to see you break these records this year. You need to go out and do it for him. And I felt like he was just kind of watching over me that year. Uh, but I really had to refocus myself on why I was doing things because anytime there's loss, I lost him, I lost my sister unexpectedly uh, in 2013, it really makes you pause and go, crap, like life can really just be gone. You know, like what, what am I doing right now? Uh, does this have purpose? Like if, if I pass away tomorrow, you know, or today, would I feel okay with what I've done so far or what my life, what I did in, in my time here? And that was something that really stayed at the forefront uh, as I worked with people and individuals knowing that I had a chance to do something great. I had an opportunity in front of me that I loved. And despite the challenges that came my way, uh, I think at some point I made a decision and said, I'm not going to allow the challenges, the obstacles uh, to stop me. I'm going to choose to learn, to grow, and to allow these to strengthen me and to, to grow stronger and to be able to help others along the way. Uh, because it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun to experience loss. Uh, but you know, I said, you know what? Like, we're going to get through this and there's nothing. I can't change it. You know, all I can do is move forward and take on a bigger mission. And it was carry on. You know, at first, you know, my cousin was setting out to impact young people and work with young people. And my sister worked with special needs students and was doing incredible things in technology breakthroughs and just saying, how can I make that imprint? What can I do while I'm here? Because I've been blessed with more days and making sure that I was intentionally using those days. I think it's awesome that you've used the loss of loved ones as a challenge to bring more value to the world, your own self, to, you know, not just to bring what you would have brought, but to multiply that to what they would have brought also. And I think it's a healthy and inspiring way to look at the the loss that we all have in our lives. Thank you. I appreciate it. What, uh, as you look over your Cutco career, what do you feel like are your top two or three uh, highlights or like most proud accomplishments, I guess I'd say? You know, and this is probably going to be different than most people, uh, but I think the first thing when people ask me, what's your proudest accomplishment in Cutco? The first thing that comes to mind, all the people succeeding at crazy levels all across like the world. Uh, I think about that now one senior of mine who's been through my leadership academy, who's been gone out and ran their own office, not one of them went out and did not, like every single person like landed whatever job, internship, grad school, whatever they wanted to get into, uh, they were able to go out and get that. Uh, no, anyone saw their resume, anyone met them, they're like, please, please come work with us. And so I would say above anything else, like preparing my people that when they left Cutco, uh, they were the highest recruited, most desired people in all industries is probably the thing I'm most proud of. Through that process of focusing on helping them be at their best, uh, we've won a lot of national titles. That's been pretty cool. Uh, we've broken records and we were the first ever to do a million dollars in our division You know, back in 2006. That never been done before in our division's history. And we were the first district office to ever sell $2 million. I don't think a district office has done that yet again. You know, and we were, we had a lot of firsts and a lot of records broken. And so that's really cool. But I think what made it so amazing was that our focus, every one of those years, when I look at those years, when those things happened in 2006, 2008, when we did 1.1 million that summer, 2012, we did 2 million. There was this incredible focus on growing people. And those years are where like the most amazing fruits came out, you know, of our labor. And we really saw just 
people grow and blossom and just beautiful things happen. And some like things that I have no idea. I was totally like miraculous, like things that happened in the midst of absolute chaos uh, because we were just so focused on uh, what mattered most, which was impacting. And I saw the opposite of the years where it became all like numbers and we got to do this and these numbers uh, that things just kind of fell apart or just felt kind of meaningless or empty, at least for me. So uh, definitely I'm most proud of surrounding myself and really creating incredible leaders that care about giving back and serving from their heart and them knowing that the more people we impact and help hit their goals and help them move forward, the better the business does. Yeah. Outstanding. You know, it's a recurring theme among leaders, not just in Vector that I've interviewed, but some of our alumni who are leading outside of Vector talking about the investment they've made in their people is what comes back to create what you want in your life. And there's that old Zig Ziglar quote that if you help enough other people get what they want, you can have anything in life that you want. And it certainly does ring true for a lot of us. Oh, Uh, absolutely. I think Vector is the epitome of that. And it's it's just so beautifully structured in that way where really, if you help your people get what they want, you'll always have what you want. Uh, This is not a business where you succeed just going after whatever it is you want. It's all about people. And I love that structure where we focus on that, which is the most important thing. Everything else comes together. Awesome. Well, hey, let's talk about your book for a little while. All right. So you've written a great book here. I know that uh, I believe I was one of the early people to have read it because I was reading the PDF off my computer. So, um, But the book is called Life as a Masterpiece. And I would like you to go ahead and take a few moments to share what, are, what do you think are some of the key lessons or takeaways that people will get from the book? Sounds great. Well, I think that the first thing I'd love to share, actually, I've been asked this a couple of times recently. I'm like, read the book. Uh, but if you read the conclusion, it shares because they're like, why did you call it life as a masterpiece? And I shared with that. I said, you know, I made them read it, but I'll share with everyone the cliff note version here. My uncle, uh, when I was young, used to make puzzles. And I remember being younger, trying to help him, getting super frustrated. So this is my cliff note version. And I was just like, where do you even know how, where this goes? Because he were these like 5,000 piece puzzles. And I remember him looking at me and he's like, you have to be patient. You know, sometimes you don't know exactly where it goes. And sometimes you don't figure it out until later, but everything belongs and it's part of the big picture. And that was something that he had said to me when I was younger. And it came back up when I had a friend who was trying to commit suicide uh, during college. And I just all of a sudden had this picture of this like amazing, you know, waterfall in a rainforest. And I, and I told him like, Josh, I'm like, I feel like our lives are this like amazing picture, you know, but they unfold piece at a time. And sometimes we don't know uh, where peace goes. We don't even know if it belongs. And sometimes we don't see it until way later, but all of it is part of this, this bigger thing that is our life. And it, it just unfolds in pieces. And some of those pieces sometimes feel like they don't fit. They're really, you know, ugly colored, weird shaped, whatever it is. And even in this beautiful rainforest, maybe it's the scum that's on the rock in the bottom of the waterfall, right? Uh, But what I do know is that some of the most amazing and incredible human beings I've ever known or have studied have undergone some of the most challenges. And, And it was through those challenges and through those hardships that they grew their strengths. And that's what made them so great, you know, were the lessons they learned. And again, the tenacity and the, the, the mental, you know, <laughs> the strength that they had mentally uh, to endure all these things that came and, and still say, I'm still pushing forward. I'm still pushing forward. And this resilience that was just unmatched uh, by those around them came through those things. 
And, and I'm not a person that says everything happens for a reason, but I believe that everything's part of our life and it plays a role in our strengthening process and our growth process. And if we allow that to happen, I think we're able to see that bigger picture a lot quicker. And so the book, Life as a Masterpiece, Design and Live a Life You Love Today, is under the premise that you really can create what you want. And I think that a lot of people, I've met a lot of people that feel like, oh, well, this is what I was dealt. This is a, you know, and they just, they mope and they're upset about things, or maybe they underwent uh, some not fun circumstances. And I get that, you know, but they're just like, they've lost confidence. You know, they've been saddened. Uh, some people don't even know what's possible for them because they just, they just never knew. Right. And some people waste time. And, and, and so for me, as I watch people and back to that, you know, uh, potential and I saw wasted potential, it's like, you know, whether, whatever path you, you are, whether you didn't know what you had inside of you, whether you're wasting your days, whether you're upset or angry at the cards you were dealt, whatever it might be, anybody and everybody has a choice to go out and do what they want, you know? Uh, and you could say, well, no, I can't do this. And it's like, you can do a lot with what you have and you can create a lot if you really want to. And the book goes through the first part of really thinking about what you want and why you want it. I, I believe that a lot of people know what they don't want, but they haven't taken time to really define what they do want. And uh, they know what they don't want and they keep getting more of it and they don't know why <laughs> and, uh, versus, you know, actually- That's what they're focused on. If people are focused on what you don't want, that's what we tend to attract. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And when they actually, and I'm like, what do you want? They're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, if you don't know, your mind has no idea where to go. Right. And I, I always share with them, I feel like the mind's like a GPS, right? And so when you put that end destination, your subconscious knows where it needs to go. And even when there's roadblocks in the way or detours, it reroutes. It knows where it needs to go. But you have to give it that final destination of where you want it to go so that it can get to work to get you there. Hmm. So that's what the first part of the book is all about. Like, what do you want? Why do you want it? And really defining that. Uh, the second part of the book really dives deep into how to get it, how to break down goals and, and just very cut and dry, like do this, do this step-by-step step of how to break things down. What I was taught in Cutco and how my managers broke goals down with me. And then things I've done with other clients uh, in, in different businesses uh, and their businesses and also students of mine in Cutco. So it goes through a couple chapters and breaks down different aspects uh, of that goal setting and breaking down process so that you actually have actions to commit to and then go do. And the last part of the book is all about creating the right environment for growth. Uh, and so making sure that, you know, what is your circle of influence? What is your, what is the energy around you and internally and externally, and making sure that you're doing things to fuel yourself the right way, being aware of the voices in your head, circle of influence. I mean, it goes through a lot of different things there, but how can you ensure your success? There are intentional steps you can take to make sure that you're on the right path and that you have people around you who are helping make sure to keep you there. So it goes through that and, and really ends with some tips on adversity because the fact is adversity is part of life. We're all going to go through tough times. Right. When I coach people and I work with people, I say, don't be shocked by adversity. Expect it. Know that it's part of life. You know, When you watch a football game, you know people are going to get tackled. It's part of the game. So this game called life, uh, there are things that are not so fun and there are obstacles and there are challenges. So can we be prepared for them and, and know like things are going to happen and, and it's okay. We live in an ugly world with a lot of hurting people and hurting people hurt others. And you know what? There's a lot of beauty in this world too and a lot of amazing people. So we can choose where we want to stay. And even when things don't go well, you know, you can stay there and mope or you can say, you know what? I'm going to take this. I'm going to grow. I want to be like these people who did endure. And look at, I mean, there's so many examples of people who went through crazy heartache and so much loss and yet went out and, and built empires and impacted people in beautiful ways. And so using those examples as inspiration, uh, but knowing that 
regardless of what happens, you can choose to move forward and, and build something beautiful and great. And it might not always be exactly what you thought, but it can be amazing. Really outstanding and, and so inspirational. You know, I, I've noticed in the book that you have sections that you call pause and reflect. And I've also noticed that you have a lot of sort of exercise questions mm-hmm. in the book. The book is designed for someone to like stop and like write in it or, you know, journal as they're going through. And uh, I'm wondering, how do you recommend that somebody could use reflection and journaling in their life? Mm, Okay. Well, two things. Before I answer that, I do want to say this. The book was designed where it's really like a blueprint. I didn't want it to be another like self-development book, but really wanted to be something that was actionable, that had people thinking about things, putting things to work. So by the time they're done, they've already taken action on things and have a game plan as to what they want to do. And I think about for our lives, um, to answer your question, it is an incredible, incredible way to really, I think, decompress as well as vision paint for yourself. There's so much that goes on in our mind. We have so many thoughts constantly going, going, going. And it can get very, very overwhelming at times. And so taking time to journal, like how you're feeling, why you're feeling that way, or like any thoughts that are coming to mind and being able to look at it on paper and go, oh, okay, let me organize this. You know, like it just, I feel like it makes it so much more feasible to tackle them down and go, oh, okay, I need to do these things here. Versus when it's all just flowing in here, there's so much overwhelm that can happen. That's one side of the power for me of journal, just putting things to paper and getting them out of your head and on paper. Uh, but I also think it's really therapeutic and it's also really beautiful for thinking about the future, you know, sharing. There's so many, I've seen people use journaling for so many different things and I use them for multiple things. I use journaling in prayers and, and, and just, you know, future things thoughts and things I'm excited about and people I'm thinking of and and sending good energy out to people and I'll write things on that. I use a journal uh, to think about ideas, like creative ideas, business ideas, things that come to mind during meditation or throughout the day or things that I'm like, man, I need to work on this or create a system for this because uh, this is causing a lot of friction. And so I have kind of an idea journal. And then I have one where it's just when I'm like, ah, and and I can just journal and look at that and go, oh, okay. You know, and, and sometimes it's not as big. It, it seems a lot bigger in our heads. And when we put it onto paper, everything that has to get done mm. or, you know, whatever's overwhelming us, it's a lot easier to, to take definitely, on. Definitely. Yeah. I once heard the speaker, Dennis Waitley say, all lessons will be repeated until learned. <laughs> and I think that your method of reflection and journaling and writing exercises is helping people to internalize their lessons more quickly versus just, you know, having an experience and thinking, oh, I I, I shouldn't do that. And then they do it again. Mm. And, you know, and they do it again. Oh, and one more thing they can use it for. Oh, so I interrupt that I don't want to forget is the gratitude. And we're saying being able to look back and go, even when you're having a crap day going, let me flip through this and looking at all these things you're grateful for that have happened, that have come your way, you know, and even though you might be going through a challenging or dark season right now, it's like, wow, look at all the things that the universe or my creator or anything has blessed me with already. And look at all these great things that have happened and start thinking more about what's been great and focusing on that and, and really thinking about things to come versus like, oh my gosh, everything just feels like it's going wrong. Remind yourself that everything's not always going wrong. Uh, and, and even though it might be a little bit tough right now, uh, there are always things to be grateful for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It seems like you're bringing a lot of these lessons from the book to your to all the people you're influencing, both in your Cutco division and uh, in your private coaching as well. What other advice would you have for people who want to be successful in business or in life? Having 
vision, having purpose. And, and you hear about this a lot, but really defining specific things. And I like numbers. I was accounting. My brain's like one plus one equals two. I need to see things. I need to break them down. That's just how I work. So I don't like all the foo-foo stuff, but it is very important for your brain to know where it wants to go. Why, is, why are you doing what you're doing? And I, I, this is something I created a long time ago. And I, I remember uh, this was about 12 years ago when I heard Matthew Kelly speak, it really clicked. I was like, this, everyone needs to do this. I always had some kind of a version of this, but sitting down to do like a dream session and really thinking big and getting, you know, thinking about what are all the things that again, if my life ended, I would, I would feel so great about, you know, personally, legacy wise, financially, you know, maybe it's your spiritual relationship, travel, like just things that would make you feel really good about having gotten a chance to do or be or give to others in your lifetime. And then breaking those things down. And I I go through, I have a, a PDF called Live a Life You Love, but it goes through and it goes through the dream part, it goes through the whys, and then identifying things. But what happens is that when you go through this process, the everyday grind, the little things you need to do have so much more purpose. And I share, like with my sales reps, it's not just, oh, I got to make phone calls. It's, I'm going to Europe. And every call I'm making right now is getting me to Europe, you know, or for one of my moms, it's like, those phone calls aren't phone calls. Those phone calls are, I'm buying a house for my boys. We're going to buy our first home together. You know, one of my clients put on her desk, 20 calls a day equals life of my dreams because those calls were getting her what she wanted to go take her kids on these vacations, to buy this new house, to provide for their college. So it just gave more meaning to the little things we do every day. So having the bigger picture, breaking it down back to the little things, now every day, all the little things have bigger purpose. And it's more exciting because now all those little things become the vehicle getting you to that place versus just, all right, I just got to do this to get by, to get the money for now so I can do that later. No, no, no. that's a vehicle that you have right now. And then you might change vehicles and go to a more exciting one. uh, But really being able to give everything you're doing a bigger, more exciting, you know, purpose. And when you take time to do that and define that, that is where uh, you're able to really uh, define or have more excitement every day. Um, And so I look at those things. And when I start my day and I'm going through stuff, I look uh, at the things that I'm working towards and remind myself like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. And even when you have to overcome all these little things in the meanwhile, or you have those challenges during the day, you're reminded it's worth it. It's worth it because it's getting me here. That's outstanding. It's clear that what you're doing is you're helping people to connect their day-to-day actions with their longer-term visions of the life that they want. Mm-hmm. And, and the more people get that the decisions they make today are important five years from now, 10 years from now, it's leading you where you want to go or it's leading you away from where you want to go, right? And that people learn to choose the day-to-day actions that are moving them toward where they want to be. And you're, you're helping people to define that in their life. You're helping people to do that in their life. And, and that certainly is something that's, that's life-changing. The whole theme of the show is, you know, changing lives. And um, what you just described is one great way in which you're doing that. I'd like to give you a few minutes here as we wrap up just to uh, share with everybody how else you aspire uh, to continue changing people's lives through your work or through your influence. Yeah, I think that the ripples we create, I think that are the work that we do in Vector, uh, the confidence that people gain, uh, their ability to listen more uh, and really be able to see different perspectives is game-changing for relationships. I see it impacting them in their homes, 
in their marriages in the future. It's really neat being here, you know, my 18th summer and, and seeing, you know, students that worked with me 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and talking to them and them sharing out, you know, in their marriages with their kids, just so many of the things, man, I have no idea if I wouldn't have learned that, you know, with Vector where I'd be. And they're just better humans. <laughs> they're better people. Uh, so many that contribute back to society. We're very big on giving back in our division and constantly teach them about, you know, gratitude, being grateful for what they've been given, being grateful for the, you know, the vehicle they have here to have an unlimited income source, right? People wish they could have that all over the world and they have an opportunity to pick up every day and create whatever they want uh, without someone telling them, no, they can't have enough hours. We're cutting your pay. You know, like they just, they have this incredible tool. And so I just, I think that we help people financially. Uh, for me, that was a game changer. Uh, that changed the course of trajectory for my family. My family grew up very low income and we didn't have money to do a lot. And this job has helped me and so many of my people create finances to create opportunities for school, for education, for travel, and for things they couldn't have never, you know, ever dreamed of. It's helped people personally with self-confidence, communication skills, and their relationships and it helps people professionally because of how they stand out. And they're able to go out and get those dream jobs or start these incredible businesses where they're giving back and changing the world in their sector of the world or even worldwide. I know some of my guys are doing some pretty incredible things. And I, I just, I love that what we do matters and the ripples that it affects, uh, that it creates and how that affects all the industries uh, for those that get an opportunity to work with Vector. Outstanding. That's awesome, Kathy. I have uh, admired you since you've grown, you know, to become uh, a leader in this business. Um, I've always found you to be somebody who is, is magnetic as a leader. Uh, you can see why so many people want to be around you and want to follow you. The energy that you bring to what you do uh, is such a great example uh, for so many people. You said something earlier about your vision is to be a maximum potential finder. I think that was the business card uh -huh. that, uh, that you wrote. <laughs> And you're, you're doing that. You're doing that every day for the Gulf Coast Division and Cutco Vector. You're doing that every day throughout the, your, your region. You're doing that every day for people outside the business that you impact uh, in so many ways. Lastly, I want to say this, is that I said something to you after I read your book that uh, I really feel like I want to echo here, which is that you've written a great book. You've produced great results in this vector business. You've done amazing things in your life. And I truly believe as I look at you that the greatest achievements of your life, the greatest impact of your life is all still ahead of you. Like I just am so fired up to be able to see what happens <laughs> in the life of Kathy Kristen as time goes on, because uh, I think it's going to be even more amazing tenfold or a hundredfold uh, in the years to come. So I just want to say that about you here for everybody who's listening. Um, Kathy, I thank you very much for your time being here today. And I really appreciate uh, being able to have your contributions. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks for having me. And thank you for what you're doing to really share this with the world because it really is unbelievable uh, what we get to gain here. And the more and more I work with people in corporate America and masterminds, I mean, they're constantly raving about the people that they've met that come out of this organization and just how they're influencing in so many different areas. And they're like, man, I wish I could have done this when I was younger. And more people need to hear about it and know uh, what happens in this uh, phenomenal business. So, Yeah, you. for sure. Outstanding. Thanks, Kathy. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Kathy Kristen 
Outstanding stuff. She referenced uh, her family and growing up. And just for context, Kathy was actually born in Puerto Rico. And at age five, she came to Florida. Her, her parents wanted her to go to school in the United States. And so she came to Florida at age five, had to learn English. Took her a couple of years to really master English uh, by about age seven. But that's a little bit about her early background that we didn't get to talk about. I love where Kathy said there's so many amazing people who experienced immense challenges and out of those challenges evolved their strengths. And that's what helped make them great. And I think that's a great lesson for anyone listening to this podcast today. And to think about the ideas of reflection and planning and how those ideas can help you as you navigate the inevitable challenges of life. Kathy also said toward the end, what we do matters. And of course, she was talking about, you know, what we do here in the Cutco Vector Marketing Organization. But whether you're a Cutco rep or Cutco manager or somebody outside the Cutco business, it's important to realize that for all of us, what we do matters, that we all have an impact, a ripple effect on the world. Uh, and it's so important to bring the best energy we can to our days, to our interactions, to all the people that we're around to help make the world a better place. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.